Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. When you look at Matthew 16 and 17, a key word for our message today is the word reveal. Reveal means to be made known. It is to be uncovered. It, it says to manifest. It would imply that it was not made known before. It was not, it was covered before, and it wasn't manifested. One of, one great example I believe that God gives us as believers when it comes to the word reveal is the Bible itself. The Bible is God revealing himself to mankind. The Bible is not a history book, even though history is in the Bible. The the Bible is God revealing himself to mankind. And when God reveals himself to mankind, in many cases you read throughout Scripture, is that he will uh, prepare those he is about to reveal himself to. Preparation is the process of making a person or situation ready for use. It is essential and important that we prepare ourselves when it comes to many things in life if we want to be successful. An example will be when you go for an interview, it's wise to prepare a resume, a research, uh, research the information about the company, dress in a certain way and such like. Uh, so in turn, with the proper readiness, the goal is for the person to realize that they need you to fulfill the vision of that company. And not only that, they're going to pay you good for it too. Is that all right? Amen. From a biblical perspective, we must be prepared or made ready in this life to receive eternal life. Jesus makes it clear in John 14 and verse 3, as well as John 14 and verse 6, that he is the master preparer of this life and beyond. In fact, let's go to John 14 and verse 3. The book of John, chapter 14 and verse 3. And I go and prepare a place for you, and I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And that word place is interesting because it means an inhabited place, but the definition that stood out to me is an opportunity. God is going to prepare his people, not only for the world to come, but also the opportunities that we receive and have on a day-by-day basis. Opportunities. Jesus states that it's necessary for him to go away and make ready an opportunity for us in this life and beyond everything on this world world as well as eternal life. When we accept Jesus, Lord and Savior, the gift of salvation provides us access to the places as well as the opportunities that God has prepared for his people. Go with me to the book of Acts chapter 4 and verse 12. The book of Acts chapter 4 and verse 12. The Bible reads as follows. Nor is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Salvation can be defined as deliverance, protection, peace, and prosperity. And we thank God for all of those different attributes about salvation as well as others that God adds to our definition and our 
in our, in our understanding. The Lord Jesus loves us so much that he prepares a place for us, but he also prepares us for the place. Go with me to the book of John, chapter 14 and verse 6. The book of John, chapter 14 and verse 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Well, of course, when he says, I'm the way, he says, I'm the journey, I am the route, I am the mode and the means for which you're going to go and do what, you, what you're going to be prepared for. And as a master prepare, I believe that Jesus understood that his people would need a prepared place and a prepared pathway that is complete with truth and life. And of course, life is that which is real and genuine, a life devoted to God. You will have a blessed life. And of course, when we read this text, we understand that a blessed life is when God reveals his word to you. You are blessed when you have revelation knowledge of scripture. We're going to talk about that a little bit further as we get into the message. As tempting as it is in this world, we can't afford to allow people, places, and situations to influence us to drift away, to be uh, to be carried away slowly or continuous slow movement away from the one who provides us our blessed life, that being Jesus Christ. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15 and 33. Book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 33. The Bible reads as follows. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Evil company corrupts or defiles or destroys or ruins good habits. Good habits like prayer. Good habits like giving. Good habits like witnessing. Evil company, those that are opposing the will of God, will corrupt your prayer life. It will, it will ruin your giving. It will cause your, it will, excuse me, it will destroy your witnessing because you're hanging or you're associated or you have allowed evil people to influence you. I'm not saying you would never run across evil people, but just don't allow them to have more influence in your life than God. Everybody follow me so far. Paul warns us not to be deceived or led astray because twisted company will, will ruin our good behavior. Deception can be subtle because it can be filled with just enough truth that will make you, that will let, excuse me, that will cause you to let your guard down and begin to trust it. And before you know it, it will cause good behaviors to be spoiled, destroyed, and eventually ruined. That's why Jesus reminded us in John 14 verse 6 that he is the way, the truth, and the life. He ends that verse by saying that no one comes to the Father except through him. In my opinion, the Lord will manifest or reveal or make clear or show himself in his word, by his spirit, and through his prophets, which will collectively get us ready for our bigger and our better. Three ways as well as others, but I'm going to talk about three ways for a few minutes, that he will get us ready for our bigger as well as our better. Through his Excuse me, by his word, by his spirit, and through his prophets. Let's go, uh, let's look at Isaiah 55 and verse 11. Book of Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 11. The first way is his word. Isaiah 55 and verse 11.
so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in that thing for which I sent it. Notice his word is going to accomplish. It's going to prepare us. It's going to provide for us. Because you know God said he will supply every need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He will appoint us. He will advance us. He will cause us to be fulfilled when we take heed to his word. The next one is his spirit. Go to John 16 and verse 13. The book of John chapter 16 and verse 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. Now, when we say that the Holy Spirit will guide us, it means he's going to lead us, he's going to influence us, instruct us, teach us, and give us, of course, guidance, amen, for in every area of our lives. Every area, not just one area, but in every area of our lives. But Jesus says something very interesting in the very verse, excuse me, in the verse right before that. I want to read to you John chapter 16 and verse 12. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. The word bear, you cannot sustain them. You cannot support support them now. So in other words, he's saying, listen, there's a lot of things I want to share with you. There's a lot of things I want to reveal to you, but the Holy Spirit has to be there so you have a good understanding of the truth that he's going to reveal in your life. It also lets me know that he's holding back some information that uh, that's going that's going to be beneficial and help us to reach our destiny because he understands where we're going and the way that we need to get there. He knows the way we think, the way we talk and the way that we act. So he says, hold on, before I give you this, I've got to prepare you before you I give you this particular truth in your life. Yeah, you're going to be a millionaire, but I got to prepare you by having you faithful right where you are right now. Yeah, I'm going to cause you to be a business owner, but I got you to be, I want you to be faithful where you are right now. So what God does, he prepares us for what he's taken us in the future and in our destiny. And I'll be honest with you, I don't mind the Holy Spirit being in charge of what's being revealed to me. I don't mind the Holy Spirit being in charge of what is revealed to me. The problem is some of us allow the devil to be in charge of what's being revealed to us. And the Bible says that the, the devil comes to steal, he comes to kill, and he comes to destroy. Jesus said that he came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. So when, listen, I don't mind God being in charge because I know if he holds back some information from me, it's not gonna, it, it's still gonna work out for my good because of Romans 8 and 28. Listen, if he holds back something from me, he, it's not gonna be detrimental to me. But if the devil holds, listen, if the devil holds some information back to you. It's, it causes harm in your marriage. It can cause harm in your single life. It can cause harm in your body. When the devil holds back information from you, he is trying or he gives you unnecessary information. He is trying to cause harm in your life. And you have to understand, and, and, and one of the things I wrote down, I was going to say for later, but I feel let's say it now. You got to know the purpose of why things are being revealed to you. You have to know the purpose of why things are being revealed to you. Because sometimes people want to, listen, reveal things to you to cause you harm, to get a reaction out of you, to cause you to say or do something that is ungodly. 
They want to reveal some things to you. In fact, I'm going to prove it to you a little bit later as we get into the message. So let's go to our third one here, his prophet. Let's go to Amos 3 and verse 7. The book of Amos chapter 3 and verse 7. Amos 3 and 7 reads as follows. Surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. Reveals, that means uncover, to tell, to open. His, and notice, this is the third aspect we're talking about. The first one is his word. The second one is his spirit. And the third one is his prophet. So three aspects that the God reveals his word to us. And the third one, of course, is his prophets. He's going to uncover, tell, or open up his secret to his servants, the prophets. In fact, you're in a secret uh, secret session this morning as God has opened up his word to us this morning to reveal to us knowledge and understanding. He just reminded us this morning that you got to be careful who you let come into your ear gate because some people don't have your best interests in mind in the things that they're telling you. Mm, boy, that's good news right there. I'll tell you, because sometimes people are going to try to tell you stuff to bring fear and cause you to act and have you, have you, uh, operate in unbelief. Have you not believe in God because of some things that they tried to put into your spirit. And so you got to be careful about that. I believe that while we're going to develop a solid, firm, and stable relationship with Jesus, that he will continue to prepare us for our bigger and better as we continue to develop a solid and firm and stable relationship with Jesus. But we need God's word, we need his spirit, and we need his prophets at work in us directly as well as indirectly. While Jesus provides us great promises need to get us ready for, for, for from his perspective, we must choose to do our part in making a responsible choice to be ready from his perspective. If we recall from last Sunday, Paul reminded us that there are some, excuse me, of some instructions in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. Let's go over to Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. The book of Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable God, which is your reasonable service. So we see here that Paul gave us these instructions, that he wants us to present our bodies as living sacrifices. Notice this, holy, physically and morally pure and consecrated. And acceptable, well-pleasing to God, which is our reasonable or our spiritual service. The Lord is, is, is getting us ready to fulfill his promises, to do his part in, er, in order to get us ready for our bigger and our ble- better blessings. But it's up to us to choose him above everything else. And this is, uh, we'll give you evidence that you're choosing to become a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. Three things I want to talk to you briefly concerning this particular matter. One, that we know him. Two, that we love him. And three, that we love others. In fact, let's go to Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10, that we know him. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. The word know there means to be aware, to have knowledge. To get, you can speak of someone that you know. You can understand somebody better that you know. 
And let me say this before I go further. It takes a lifetime to get to know just a little bit of Jesus. Lifetime. Just a lifetime to get to know a little bit of Jesus. So we always are learning about Jesus. That's why he told us last week that to be in the will of God, you must have your mind you must be always in renewal process, in the renewal mode. You always renew your mind with the word of God and being led by the Holy Spirit. When we're maturing in our knowledge of God, we become more aware of his presence in the good times and the challenging time. We can say that we're getting to know him better despite what we are dealing with. I thought about Job. Job knew him when he went through everything he went through. He knew who his God was through everything he went through. And we need, when we go through tragedy, when we go through trials and tribulation, we got to know who Jesus is. We got to know him. We can't let people, uh, bamboozle us and to believe in a lie when God didn't say or didn't do these certain things that come up, what people are saying. When we wander from the path of righteousness, when we do not choose God above everything else, because we know God, we will quit to repent and get back into the place of his presence. Isn't it good to know that God will forgive you despite the things that you do? Lord, that's good news right now. I'm telling you, I'm good. I'm so glad that God loves me enough and nobody has to convince me that God will forgive you when you come up a little bit short. Because I believe that God is a forgiver. I believe Jesus did not go to that cross uh, and die just just to be doing something. But he knew that Richard Dawes would come up one day and he wouldn't pray like he needed to, my brother. He wouldn't give like he needed to give. He would not, amen, fast like he needed to fast. He would come up short of the glory of God. He might get upset and tell somebody else. But God knew he had a plan before I messed up. And I know him enough to know. You say, well, you can't go pray no more because you messed up. You can't give no more because you messed up. You can't go to church no more because you messed up. Oh, I'm glad that Jesus, I know him enough to know that when I mess up, he loves me enough to say, hey, come on in, son. You come but the rest of them. They may not tell you everything I know about them, but everybody in this room need a savior. Ooh, somebody should have raised their hand right there because everybody in this sanctuary need a savior. You need a deliverer. You need somebody to forgive you. You need somebody to be on your side where you don't, oh God, where you felt like giving up and throwing in the towel. God said, I'm never leaving. No, for Jesus knows us. You got to know it. Let's go to the second one. We love in Mark 12 and 30. Mark 12 and verse 30. And you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. So the Lord tells us you should love him with all your heart, your thoughts, and your feelings, all your soul, your life, your desires, and your affections, and with all your mind, your understanding, and your way of thinking. This is another evidence we are presenting our bodies as living sacrifices when it comes to our thoughts, our feelings, our desires, our thinking. No matter what comes up, we choose to love God. And let me say this, and I want you to understand this clearly. Loving God is a choice. Don't walk around talking, I'm going to feel like loving God all the time. 
You might today, but there will come a day you ain't going to have no feelings about loving God. You're just going to choose to love God. And when you learn how to choose to love God, you'll ch- learn how to choose to love your neighbor as himself. Oh, you'll learn how to love. Because, see, I, listen, most of us in this sanctuary don't do something or uh, act a certain way to upset somebody. And, and we still choose to love you regardless of how you act. Look how y'all looking at me right here. That's okay, though. That y'all to pretend like I ain't talking to you, but I am, though. We choose to love God, and when you choose to love God, it'll help you to choose to love your neighbor. It'll help you to choose when your neighbor don't do what they need to do. You say, I choose to love you, my brother. I choose to love you, my sister. Oh, yeah, you might make me upset, but I still choose to love you. Well, I don't like you. It don't matter. I choose to love you. Because why? It's a choice we make. And we don't do it because we're trying to impress somebody. We do it because we love God. And when you love God, God loves everybody. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God loves the world despite they tra- the way they treat him. You know, he still feeds people every day despite the way they treat him. Lord, you know it's how God will keep groceries coming. You know, I, I remember just recently they talked about a meat shortage. And and and, and I know the meat was a little short, but it, it, we still had meat to eat, though. I thank God for the meat to eat. Thank y'all all the time. I might, I might not have no meat eating, but I'm sorry. It might be just me, brother. But I, I thank God for God knows how to supply the need. And he does it despite the way people treat him and how they act toward him. And, and my second point is this. In the, in the next verse... Mark 12 and 31, and the second is like unto this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Love means I'm going to welcome them, I'm going to be well pleased with them, and it's gonna, I'm going to be content with my neighbor. And there is no greater commandment than these. When we choose to become a living sacrifice for God, we're able to love others with our conditions and beyond our moods, our attitudes, and such like. Welcome all people to God's kingdom, and we enjoy their fellowship with our sisters and brothers in Christ, despite our differences. There's going to be some different folks who don't think like you. I mean, that's life, y'all. Nobody's going to think like you all the time. Have you ever noticed the way you think sometimes? Look how y'all looking at me. Have you thought about the way you think sometimes, and you think everybody's going to agree with you? That just ain't happening. But God loves you regardless. And, and think about this. The way we think and God loves us, who are we to put our nose down at somebody else? Because we are in a position where God loves us despite we need to treat our neighbor with kindness and respect. Even though they may not treat us the same way. You ever knows, I, 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 but the Bible says this, uh, with loving kindness have I drawn them. That we don't render evil for evil. That we continue to love the way God did it. Oh, God, that's a, that's a miracle with me. But we do something like that, we're going to be in a good position. We'll be just the way God wants us to be. Our mind is no longer influenced and persuaded by the world's way of thinking, talking, and acting. We're trying to, we're not trying to fit in with those who oppose God directly or indirectly. Let's go with Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. Book of Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. 
That's why we embrace scriptures like Romans 12 and 2 that says this, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That word transform, notice this, do not be conformed to this world. Those that, that, the people in the world, those that oppose the will of God. Those that do contrary to the will of God, but be transformed, make a change, or change the nature by renewing, changing your mind to think more like God. So you can prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. See, when you do it like that, you are, listen, you're going to please God. You're going to make God happy. You're going to say, God, I... I, I listen, I, I see God doing it right now. There go my brother right there. There go my sister right there. Yeah, they doing it right. People laughing at them. They talking about them. I'm finna bless them openly. Because what they doing for me is in secret, but I'm finna bless them openly. I'm finna give them their heart's desire. I'm finna open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. They ain't got room enough to receive. I'm finna give them their, listen, I'm finna do it seededly, abundantly, above everything they ask or think according to the power that worketh in them. I'm finna make them the head and not the tail. Oh, I'm going to give them that promotion. I'm going to give them that increase. I'm going to give them their heart desire. I'm going to, oh God, I'm going to do great and wonderful things for my people. Every time you do right by God, God will not forget your labor of love. He won't forget it. Tell somebody he won't forget it. Mm, Thank God he won't forget it. Now, as we stop putting so much Energy to fit in with the world's ideas and mindset and commit to following God to change us by renewing our mind with his word and by his spirit. We will see that our minds become clearer and less cluttered by negative influences. And and again, we talked about last week. You got to be watch out for social media and everything and the news that tries to bring about a negative influence in your life. Got to watch stuff like that because he's what the prince of the power of the air. We got to watch out for that. Let's go to Matthew 16. Matthew 16 will start at verse 13. Matthew 16 at verse 13. I want to read 13 through 17 and go back and discuss it for you. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Verse 17, Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. We see, first of all, that Jesus is having a conversation, a discussion, a talk, a chat with his disciples about their knowledge of him. Now, prayer is one way that allows Jesus to have us to have conversation uh, with him, just like he taught his to, who, to his disciples. Also, witnessing is another way that Jesus can, can have a conversation with us when we share him with others. Now, we go back and read John, excuse me, Matthew 16 and 13. It reads like this. When Jesus came to, into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? See, when he had this conversation, he received different or not the same responses. It was was as his disciples uh, knew what men knew about Jesus at a certain level, but they did not know his divine nature. 
did not know his divine nature. And we'll talk about that a little bit further as we get it further into the message. We have to know God to the point that we can help others get to know him. We have to know God to the point that we can help others get to know him. Because some people don't know who Jesus is. I'll be honest with you. I've seen, it's sad, but I've seen the church almost reduce Jesus down to a man in their minds. Sad. I've seen people so-called Christian. Now, the world, that don't even bother me. I mean, when the world say it, that's just the world. Because the world going to be the world, y'all. But when we in the body of Christ, we that have been born again, we that are children of God, reduce God down to man's level. Something wrong with that picture. Something is wrong. That lets me know they must don't know my Jesus. Or they have an immature knowledge of him. Have an immature knowledge of him. And, it's, and what was sad about it, these were quote unquote leaders of the church. They got an immature knowledge of Jesus. We don't need an immature knowledge of Jesus. We need to know who he is. We have to know him to the point and help others get to know him as well. That's why, let's read Matthew 16 and 15. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? He asked them a direct question about his identity. And Jesus got personal with his followers, but I, he asked them to share their knowledge about him. Then Peter, even with his imperfections. Y'all know Peter, one of my favorite characters, y'all, our disciples. Because Peter remind me that if Peter can make it, we all can make it. Thank y'all for the five amens. Some of y'all just don't know who Peter was, right? Y'all know Peter was the very one that cussed out the individuals while he waited for Jesus. Peter was the very one that cut the ear off of the man that tried to get in his face. Peter ended up preaching on the day of Pentecost. Even after he denied him three times. And I said, well, God, Peter did all this, and he's still making it. Who am I to look at other people and say they can't make it? Because Peter, if y'all, we use a worldly terminology, he was rough around the edges. He didn't look like your average preacher. I don't think Peter, listen, John the Baptist, before he came, everybody looked at John because John was in the wilderness preaching the kingdom of heaven is at hand. But you know, he was eating wild locusts and honey. He didn't have all the traditional preacher meals that people think preachers have all the time. So he, these individuals, when you look in scripture, it gives me hope that if they can do it, I can do it as well. It ought to give us hope that if God can save somebody like you, that he can save somebody out there in the world that don't know Jesus. Oh, because, listen, you remember, let me say, I can remember what you used to be. You know how you are right now. And you know if God is keeping you saved right now, he can keep somebody else saved right now. He can keep somebody else saved right now, just like he's keeping you saved right now. And so, I want you to look at this a little bit, little further. He says this. Uh, excuse me. Let me read this. Peter, even when he professed, had a mature, he had a mature knowledge of Jesus, identity, his character, his nature, his uniqueness, his sovereignty, his anointing, which revealed his response in Matthew sixteen and sixteen. Simon Peter answered and said, "You are the Christ, the Son of the Living God." He knew it, but those his Jesus response. Peter, and that's what we want to get to today. 
I want you to notice. Now, let me say this to you. He called him the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, the son of God, the son of the living God. Jesus knew Peter had spent time getting to know him, to love him, because he had immediately proclaimed a blessing on Peter's life. And I want to deal a little bit more with Matthew 16 and verse 17. Watch this. He says, Jesus answered, said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. You're blessed, Simon. You're happy. You are well off. You got peace and you got prosperity. You, you're blessed, Simon. You are blessed. Jesus made it clear that flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. He didn't, listen, uh, he didn't, un- flesh and blood didn't uncover this. It didn't make it known. It did not make it manifest. And let me say this to you. Jesus lets them know that flesh, that part of Peter without his divine nature, did not show him this important truth. One of the indications in the text when I read it is that flesh and blood does show us stuff. Flesh and blood does show us stuff. I'm going to prove it to you in just a moment. Let me say this to you. What flesh is going to reveal to you, I'm going to deal with flesh first. I'm going to deal with blood. Flesh is going to reveal to you how to fulfill the desires of the flesh. So flesh is going to show you something, but it's, it's not going to be nothing about God. Flesh is going to show you how to make my flesh happen. Ooh-wee. Boy, I saw it. I said, you know what? God, you ain't never lied then. I can talk about y'all all day, but I'm a personal witness. The flesh will show you how to please it. Let me, let me, let's, go, let's, let's look at scripture. Go to Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. We're coming back to that. I'm going to show you Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. In fact, you can read all Galatians chapter 5 to give you a better understanding of the flesh. But I'm just going to read one, one verse. Galatians 5 and 19. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, and so forth. The flesh going to show you something. And you got to be careful when the flesh starts showing you things. Because the flesh is going to show you how it, won't, it, it can be fulfilled. How it can be made happy. And see, I know I'm not the only one in the sanctuary being guilty of falling prey to when the flesh says, I want to be fulfilled. When the flesh wants to be fulfilled, it'll show you all types of ways to be fulfilled. I mean, it will just paint a picture for you. But you have a vision. I mean, you have a vision too, but that won't be godly. It'll be how to fulfill the flesh. And so I, I, I know that if this happened to me, I know there's some people in the sanctuary. They understand that the flesh is real. And if you ain't careful, if you do not submit or, and follow the omniscient God, it will, it will lead you into fulfilling his desires. The next one I want to deal with is the blood. The blood is the life. This person is walking around on, in the earth with blood or in their body, but they do not have a divine knowledge of God. You know, people that walk around and say stuff like this, you know, God used to heal back then. But they don't really know that God is still healing today. 
They'll say things like, you know, when I grew up, they say, you know, if you got some money, you need to give what you got to the poor. Now, realize you always have the poor with you. That God wants you to prosper and be in hell, even as the soul prosper. Listen, people will tell you all types of things. They, they Listen, they know God, but they don't have a divine knowledge of God. This is what happened when Jesus was talking to his disciples. He said, listen, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. Yeah, you know me. That's why he asked me the question a few minutes earlier. Hey, do you know who I really am? Do you know that I'm the Messiah? Do you know I'm the healer? Do you know I'm the deliverer? Do you know I'm your protection? Do you know I'm your prosperity? Do you know who I am? Listen, you can know God, but you may not know him. And this is what some people do when they don't know him. You know what they try to do? They try to put him on on human level. They try to put them on human level. And you got to be careful that you don't allow what the world is trying to do now is put God on human level. That God will not provide the needs. That God will not heal our body. That God will not protect us. That God will not prosper us. Even during a pandemic, God is still prospering his saints. That's the God I serve. Because why? I know him. Now, if I go by what the world says, I think that everybody should be in a position. And you know what the world have you do? They have you staying home and hiding. Holy Spirit, they have you going out. Say, I need you to go here because I got, I got, I, I got a, I need you to go fishing over here. And you know, when you go fishing, you catch enough money for you, your tax as well as mine. And, but now, the world have you sitting at home when God say go. And when you should be going, the word, let me tell you, the flesh. Now, the flesh, you know, the flesh want to be fulfilled. You know, the flesh going to tell you, hey, I need you to go over here, right here. God, see, they act like God don't know. God knows that sometimes the flesh is told to get up and go, and we got up and went. Thank y'all for the five, amen. The rest of y'all, just pretend like I don't know. But God knows in here. God knows that some of us, when the flesh said, get up and go, we got up and went. But when God said, come into the house of God, some of us hesitated. 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 But when the flesh said, go up here and get this meal at this certain place, through this drive-through, oh, I see y'all in a few minutes. Look how y'all looking up in here. But when the, when, when the Holy Spirit said, come and get a word this morning, some of us hesitated before we got here. Saying, I can't be too close to person A or person B. When God said, I got your divine protection in this sanctuary. We, we don't serve no little weak God. We serve a God that's powerful. We serve a God that's been healing people ever since. If, let me tell you something. I've seen God heal. I ain't got to look around. I, listen, I ain't got to go out there and find somebody. I can look at this sanctuary right here. I can look at my dad who who was diagnosed with COVID-19, but he is here on a Sunday morning giving God glory. I see, I, oh, let me tell you one more testimony. They said he would never see again, but when he got to the steps right out there in front, he said, I can see the steps. This is the, oh, good God Almighty. We think God ain't doing what he said he gonna do. And you say, if he can see the steps, if he can heal him with COVID-19, he can take care of you. He can take care of you. 
He can take care of you. So don't get all brand new on me. Talk about that flesh don't talk to you. Talk about that flesh. Yeah, flesh can tell you to go up to a drive-thru. The flesh will tell you to go to the store and get you a uh, barbecue, honey, honey, uh, honey barbecue, plain, butter pecan, vanilla, chocolate, Napoleon. And someone will grab my mask, run to the store, <coughs> try to dodge everybody, going the wrong way, down a one-way aisle, trying to get what we want to get, and then we'll get into the, we'll pay for it and go out the store. And then on Sunday morning, we'll hesitate. I ain't say you didn't come, but the enemy will plant a, a picture in your mind that you ain't going to be protected in the house of God. This is what you got to know. That's why I appreciate the prayers. And, and, and I, I appreciate I hope you don't mind me telling this, Brother Andrew. I appreciate the prayer he prayed this morning. Because sometimes we hear, and, and, and I heard what he said because I knew exactly what he was saying. We hear the skies falling. And we operate in fear and unbelief. When If it do fall, we got to still know God is able to keep us. Oh boy, you, you, I'll get high fire in there, brother. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the social distance thing. But you was on it, man. Because if it do fall, he's still going to be Lord. He's still going to be King. He's still going to be our Savior. He's still going to be our protector. The Hebrew boy said it like this. He said, even if I do perish, he is still Lord. If I do go under, he's still king. It don't stop him because, listen, even I praise him here on the earth, I'm going to praise him up in heaven. But one way about it, I'm still going to be praising him. I thought about this when I get to heaven. I said, after I see Jesus, I want to, to get my dance off about three natural days. <laughs> I want to get my dance on. So you got to understand, God is still Lord no matter what goes on. And what he reveals to us, we got to make sure. Because he says this, you can flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. He didn't reveal that to you. He's not going to reveal this to you. But my Father, which is in heaven. I want to read a few things and I'm going to go over that Father in heaven in my closing. It's important that we refrain from allowing, allowing what we see to hear from a natural perspective to influence, impact, or control, affect us more than what our faith reveals. Hallelujah. God is bigger and better for us. Go to 1 Corinthians 2 and 9. 1 Corinthians 2 and 9. But as written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered to the heart of man the thing which God has prepared for those who love him. Notice he is prepared. He is provided. He is making ready for those who love him. Again, God is preparing us for bigger and is preparing us for better. 2 Corinthians 5 and 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Walk means to progress, to make due use of opportunities. Remember, God prepared us. He's getting us ready, and opportunities is one way he gets us ready. Not only that, he's regulating us, conducting ourselves by faith and not by sight. Where we think, 
the way we talk, and the way we act is going to be governed by the Word of God. That's why we commit to renewing our mind daily with God's Word. Our faith will grow and replace our limited thinking. Notice our thinking is limited. It's not on the influence of God's Spirit. I want you to understand something. I don't want you to discount what the new is saying, but just take it as the Holy Spirit leads you. Because they change stuff all the time. I mean, they change stuff all the time. And so you have to be led by the Holy Spirit. Romans 10 and 17. Let's go to Romans 10 and 17. And never allow what they say on social media or news outlets and so forth be more important than what God says. Never allow, never allow that happen because you'll be in trouble then. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hearing means the preached gospel, the instructions from the word of God. We also know that God's word is what we should live by above everything else, according to Matthew 4 and verse 4. Let's go to Matthew 4 and verse 4. But he answered this. But he answered and said, it's written, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Every word that proceeds. So how do we live? By the preceding word. What's that proceed means? Reveal. Reveal. So those flesh and blood has not re- uh, revealed that to you, but my Father in heaven, we live by the revealed word. What is God revealing to us today? What is God telling us today? And if you are, if you get what God has given you today, you're going to re- walk in bigger and you're going to walk in better. How many like bigger and better? Amen. Let's go to um, sec- second, third John 1 and 2. Third John 2. Third John 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. And be in health just as your soul prospers. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper. Be successful. So when the opportunities come up, you're going to be successful. When the things come up, you're going to be successful. To have more than before. Now let me say something to you quickly. If you mess up, it's, it's blessed that you know your God enough. He will forgive you. He will forgive you. Pastor, I didn't do it right. God will forgive you. He'll give you an opportunity to get it right. Let me tell you the worst thing you can do is to pretend like, you know what? I did it wrong. God will never give me another chance. Yeah, God will give you another chance. He'll give you another chance. He's been doing it for years. He, he, he won't stop because you messed up today. You're going to be, in all things, uh, you're going to be in health. That means to be well, just as your soul prospers. And again, I want to read to you again, Matthew 16, 17. Jesus has to say, blessing. Notice, we're blessed. Why are you blessed, Pastor Dobbs? Because God is revealing, he's making known, he's uncovering his word for us. This morning, some of you, God uncovered a word for you. That's a sign that you're blessed. That's a sign you're going to prosper. That's a sign that things are going to get better. That's a sign that God is working on your behalf. You're going to be better. You're going to be better. You're going to be better. I, you're going to be better. And one thing that I, I, I want to end with this, I can experience all that God has for me if I allow his word, his Holy Spirit, and his prophets to prepare me to receive bigger and better.
I allow his word, his word, his prophets, and his spirit to help me to receive bigger and better. Stand to your feet. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at occvr.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.